Hey guys, Tyler Burton here. Okay, so this is part two of our episode on God's sovereignty with David Haynes. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go ahead back to that, listen to it. He's setting up a lot of ground for what he's going to go over in this episode. So part two, David Haynes, God is sovereign. Here we go. That you just, you clicked it together for me. That it, because he's the necessary one. Yep. He's the only one who can make it contingent. It is yep. contingent because he makes it contingent. That's so right. therefore he is. Um, that was very helpful. You just clicked that together for me. So one, there's one particular event in scripture that I think might pull this together for us. Well, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking acts four Peter's description of the cross sure. where there's this, there's this dual thing happening that says like God foreordained mm-hmm. that Jesus would be crucified. And then he also looks at the Jews and he says, this person whom you crucified. Right. Yep. So there's, yep. there's this dual thing happened. Could you, could you kind of zero in for us on the cross sure. and show us how it teaches us exactly the things you just walked through uh, sure. of these things? Uh, and, and it's worth pointing out just before I do that, that, that kind of, it seems like a paradox to us, right? God foreordained it and you're responsible because you did it. Uh, that's actually something we see throughout history or, or say, not just history throughout the scriptures. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind for myself is, um, when Paul uh, and and uh, I believe if I remember correctly it's, it's Silas they they go through all of the churches that they had already planted and, and they and, and they put in place elders. This is in Acts chapter fourteen verse twenty three, and they go through and it says they went through and and installed or uh, put in place elders in all of the churches that they had plant, they that they had that they had planted. You might say, well in Acts twenty twenty eight they called the elders to them and they specifically say you were put in this role as an elder by the Holy spirit. Like, and so it's, uh, yeah, you see this dual thing. We did it. It was the Holy spirit. God did it. Yeah. God did it. That's yeah. whole history. Right. So when we talk about, you know, how does the cross demonstrate God's sovereignty? Um, I think you see here, just like in so many other, uh, um, scriptural, uh, historical events recorded in scriptures, you see, uh, God's bringing about something which you could, from our perspective, has been planned from prior, from before time existed. And then he worked it out in time according to his perfect plan to mm. bring about our salvation. Like it's, it's hard to really explain it any other way than that. Uh, if I could put, maybe I put it this way, well, maybe to make it really concrete. We see it temporally. And so I'm going to go back to scriptures and I'm going to see Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, a whole bunch of prophecies. You can go back to Genesis, right? And you see these prophecies of a coming Messiah. And we see God working it out all the way through history, bringing us to the moment of the cross. And you can see the divine guidance in different ways. You can see it through the historical events of the Old Testament as God is as different things are happening, David becomes king and so on. Uh, even the women in the genealogies of Christ are sovereignly included in there by God. Uh, and, and in fact, one of the things that I think is interesting is the, is the fact of the genealogies. Is you can, The genealogies actually show us how God has, within history, without removing human freedom, prepared the way for Jesus Christ hmm. to be income incarnate in, in the Virgin also yeah. prophesied in the Old Testament. And then all of this, of course, leading to the cross, again, prophesied in the Old Testament. Right. Uh, and, and it's th- those, like, you know, when we come to a Christian apologetics, for example, we talk often about how the prophecies help demonstrate the divinity of Christ. 
I think the prophecies also demonstrate the divine sovereignty. That God, without removing human free will, uh, without uh, being the cause of evil, is working through fallen mankind to bring his Messiah into the world uh, and then to put him on the cross as he prophesied. And interestingly enough, not just that, not just to put him on the cross, but that through the cross to solve the problem of evil that we see beginning in Genesis. Right. 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 Yeah. And so ultimately, divine sovereignty it is, you might put it this way, it is the answer to the problem of evil. Mm. The, 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 the problem of evil is, you know, is, you know, if really simplified, you know, if there's a good, all-powerful, all-knowing God, then why is there evil? Well, the, the, or, or how come there's still evil in the world? And the answer is the cross. You know, God has been working through history wow. to bring Christ into the world, and Christ is Christ on the cross is the solution to the problem of evil. Hmm. And that's divine sovereignty so right there. That's so good. And that's oh, that was really helpful. Um, I think that in and of itself can help people who really wrestle with the goodness of sovereignty. Yeah. Um, because I think at first our sensibilities make it seem like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um and I think you just kind of tied it together to show, no, 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 this is actually the solution to the problem of how do bad things happen? Um, that's, that's remarkable. Um, one last thing I want to get your thought on one thing I think in doctrine and in theology is that we struggle to see how big, complicated, beautiful things like this immediately go to sanctification in the Christian life, especially because sovereignty is difficult to wrestle with. So then how does this beautiful, complicated, uh, intricate doctrine of sovereignty actually shape us in our discipleship to Jesus? Sure. I mean, uh, that's a great question. And this is actually, if I could put it this way, for for me, the, yes, the doctrine of divine sovereignty does get into a lot of really theoretical questions, right? Like we can dive into the nature of knowledge. You can dive into the nature of being itself, you know, time and all of this. And that's, you know, for myself, that's a lot of fun. Uh, however, when it comes right down to it, what is, why should I be preaching the doctrine of divine sovereignty? Right. Beca- because it's that thing which allows you to live your life in a fallen world with the greatest amount of peace. Hmm. It, it's what allows you to actually find your true rest in Christ. You know, um, it's when you realize that this really scary situation that you've just come into, whatever it happens to be, um, God has ordained that. And, mm. and, and it allows you to then approach that situation with the total peace of knowing that you are entirely within God's hands. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the most practical doctrine, uh, while at, at the same time as being the most theoretical. Uh, if, I, if we turn, for example, to sanctification, you know, uh, you're coming into a, tempt- a situation of where you're going to be tempted to sin, and, and you can know that God is still in complete control. Yeah. This isn't this isn't out of his control. It's not like he looked away for a second and, and all of a sudden you find yourself in trouble. You know, hmm. no, he's he's as present with you then as he is in those moments where you have the greatest victories, you know. And and so you can approach that temptation with peace again, uh falling upon God's all powerful all powerful all-knowing goodness. Uh hmm. uh and and then and then one other, another aspect I would say to that is, you know, we fall we do. Yeah. Uh, we sin, and we can we can know that God is again sovereign, even then, to, and, and He is more than willing and happy to to forgive us. 
that's mm. that's where we can turn to prayers of forgiveness and and you know turn to God confessing our sins, knowing that He's going to for, he, he forgives us, right? Um, and, and we can see those moments, though they are not caused by God. God didn't, you know, if we put it this way, God didn't make you sin. Oh, sure, yeah. You did that on your own. You know, yeah. Augustine's very happy to point out, you know, anything that you do that's good, God is is the cause of that. And anytime you screwed up, you did you that was one hundred percent you. you right. know, uh and yet God still forgives. Yeah. You know? I think that you said you said a phrase that just was so encouraging to me that God is as much with me in my victory as he is with me in my sin. Yep. Like that's that's what sovereignty means. Yep. Uh he is just as much in control. Yep. Um and what a what a comfort that my puny little self can't yeah. knock him, can't deter him. Uh, yeah. That's that's so much better than thinking that he could change by my whim, right? Yeah. Like no, yeah, his right. his exactly. his unending sovereignty is going to be there, and then that I can rest in. I yeah. can rest in everything that comes my way. It, it, it makes it so that each day, you know, and I, I'm going to admit, you know, look, I mean, I, I've studied this for years, and I still struggle with this. Of course. Uh, every single time a situation comes up into my life where it's it's like, okay, the world is about to end, or at least my world is coming to an end. You know, uh, I, I, my tendency is towards fear, towards um, right. being, being worried uh, and, and reminding myself, no, you know, calm yourself. God is still sovereign. Yeah. Give me peace. You know, and, and sometimes I just have to remind myself of that every day. You know, it's like, it's like every single moment is like, you know, telling my mind, shut up. God is sovereign. Stop yeah. worrying. God is sovereign. And just kind of reminding yourself of this truth. Yeah. Which I think, by the way, I, I, I don't want to stop without at least mentioning this one thing. You know, my I think that probably the best, you know, we could I mean, maybe there's plenty of my, my personal favorite story in the in the in the Bible is in the Old Testament with Job uh, and, and looking at what Job went through. Um, all of the suffering that he went through, losing everything, including his health. You could arguably say he even lost his wife, even though she was still there, because, you know, she basically told him, you know, you should curse God and die. You know, right. So to a certain extent, he lost, he literally lost everything. And when God finally gave him an answer, you might, I think you can plausibly sum up God's answer to Job as, I am sovereign. Hmm. Period. Hmm. And then Job's response was, I get it. Okay. Yeah. And that was enough. Yeah. And so I, I think that that's a, a verse, uh, uh, that's another book that we can go to to see divine sovereignty in action. We can see, you know, God is, God knows what he is doing, even when it seems to us that everything has gone wrong. Mm. God still knows what he's doing. God is still sovereign. He's still on his throne. He is still providing. Yeah. Yeah, that that ending to Job is one of my favorite sections in scripture. Yep. Um like were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Right? Like yeah. what what do you do with Leviathan? Right? <laughs> uh and Job's response of I had heard of you by the hearing yep. of the ear, now yep. I see you. Right? right? Like I will, I will quiet myself and there's there's yep. a goodness in quieting ourselves before the sovereignty of God and resting yep. in that. So That's exactly yeah. right. Well, David, thank you so much for this walkthrough. I, I really appreciate you walking through all the nuances and then us landed just at the gospel heart of this doctrine. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us as well. And we will see you next time on 15 Minute Theology.